Welcome to the next podcast from Melanie Info. I'm your host, Lauren Ritchie. Thank you for joining me today for this episode with Faye Partridge. Faye was a joint winner of the 2022 MIMSI competition with her piece, Wedding Heaven. I'd like to thank our wonderful podcast sponsors for making this episode possible. Judith M. Millinery Supply House, Be Unique Millinery, House of Adorn, The Essential Hat, Fat Millinery, Hatters Millinery Supplies, Lifted Millinery, Hat Academy, Hats by Lico, Hat Mags, Louise McDonald Millinery, Millinery Australia, and Best Western Apollo Bay Motel and Apartments. You can find a link to each of these businesses in your show notes, either in your podcast app or through the Millinery Info website. If you've been enjoying listening to this podcast series, I'd like to invite you to show your support through becoming a patron of Millinery Info. We've made a few changes recently to our Patreon levels. So if you head over to www.patreon.com forward slash millinery info, it will show you all of our levels in your currency. To give you an idea, we have a small thank you to Millinery Info. Millinery Info, you inspire me. All the way up to becoming a Millinery Info podcast sponsor. Thank you so much to our current Patreon supporters and thank you for making this episode possible. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Faye. Thank you so much, Faye, for joining me today for the Millinery Info podcast. It's wonderful to be talking hats with you. You were the joint winner of the 2022 MEMSI competition. Congratulations. And could you tell us a little bit about your award-winning piece? Yes, right. Well, thanks, Lauren. It's just a, a thrill to be here and it's a thrill to be a joint winner, I can tell you. Um, the piece that was required for the competition was under the theme of Mother of the Bride. And we were each given a, a three dresses that we could uh, choose. We could choose one of them to make the hat for. Well, you could choose more if you wanted. So... Um, so when I looked at it, I knew immediately that I wasn't going to do the organza floral <laughs> dress. Yes. Um, and then I looked at the, there was a copper coloured dress with a lot of beading that pulled in the waistline. Yeah. And, and I, I looked at that for quite a long time because it took my interest. Yeah. But I had trouble working out how I was going to get the, or what kind of hat I was going to put on the head with this really narrowed, accentuated waistline, you know, whether it should be a big hat, a small hat, a forward hat, a backward, back of the head hat, I didn't know. So then I changed over to the cobalt blue dress and it was interesting because it had an irregular hemline, it had one arm without a sleeve and it had the other arm with a sleeve that has slashed right down the, the middle of it and a cuff. Yeah. And so with all of this movement in this dress, it was like how on earth do I get a hat on top of the head there because and I sort of thought about well maybe if my eye is going from this side or that side where do I need the hat to begin and end and so I decided that maybe it was you could your eye could come from either side and you really needed something on top of your head that was just going to allow your eye to keep moving around um, wherever so I um decided to go with that one and then of course the colors the problem because I'm not very good at color and I don't I, I don't dye or I don't feel confident about dying and I don't do dying really so I looked in my stash of things and uh, luckily I well I had a couple of blocks that came together so one of them the base of it was sort of a little 
it's in a sort of a triangular shape. And, uh, and then I also had this other block that is, um, you sort of can use it as part of a, um, part of a headband, I suppose. And it just sort of comes in and out. It's got a lovely curve to it, just this like a, like a, you know, a water slide or something, you know, you're going up and down it. And when I got them out, I sort of discovered that the curve on the, what I call the wings, um, was matching the curve on the base. Oh, what a Which win. was really pretty good. Um, so I, I thought, okay, that's it. I'm going with that. And I, I like the, uh, the wings curve kind of thing because I'd used that previously. And... Um, it just seems to work for me. So I then had to look in the cupboard to see what I had, and I knew that I couldn't match the dress colour. So I thankfully I had some beautiful aqua cinema from um, Lindsay's place, Millinery Hub, that I had in my cupboard, so out it came. And when I went to try and match a trim with the colour, there was some beautiful Paglina braid from... Um, had his millinery supplies in Sydney. So it was like, oh my gosh, this is really terrific. So, uh, and I also had some silk threads that I'd learned about with Voltra Drainer and uh, she was into textiles and the, with these silk threads, and I haven't used them for years and years and years, well, not that long, I'm not that experienced, um, but I haven't used them much lately because uh, and so I thought, well, I'll, I'll get them out and I'll give them a go. I mean, I had the beautiful blue and I had the blue of the cobalt and the blue of the cinema I was using. So I, and you felt them onto the hat. So I felted these threads onto the hat and, um, and it was like, wow, this is terrific. The other thing I did was um, um, Laura Dunnington, who I met at the Essential Hat, um, and she uh, was telling me one day how she always sketches out her her design which I never do I, I oh. did try it you know a few times but you know I've forgotten about that now I don't sort of do it so I thought I'm going to sketch Laura sketches so I'm going to sketch this out as well and it was really good because it kept me focused on what I was wanting to do rather than allowing oh if I just put it over here oh if I just add this or that <laughs> so it really kept me focused and like everything just came out of the cupboard beautifully and making the hat just came together perfectly it just I was really worried because I hadn't made a hat since MIMSI 2021 mm. um, because of the pandemic and this was the first hat I'd made in in almost two years so I was worried that my skills might I might have forgotten something or my skills mm. might be a bit rusty or that kind of thing but it just came together it was just you know it was just such a it was such a joy because I was worried about not being able to, um, you know, to do what was required. So, um, yeah, so it, it just came together beautifully and, uh, and, and I was really pleased with it. I didn't really think it would do as well as it did, um, but I knew that it was a, I knew that it was a, an interesting piece and, uh, and I just felt really thrilled with it because it had just, it had just happened so easily, which was the last thing I was expecting after a period of lockdown and nothing happening. Yeah. How long before the competition closed had you started this process? Well, <laughs> the day before, no. <laughs> I had thought about it for quite some time um, because I'd done that juggling between oh, which one will I pick. 
but it was about, um, it would have been about eight days beforehand. And I, and it was like, okay, I'm just going to go for it. Um, I knew that I had the materials and I knew that I could, I knew I had blocked both of these blocks previously for different things. So I knew that they came together or I knew that, you know, my, I was able to block them. Um, you know, there weren't any little hidden glitches or anything like that in it. And, uh, and so I just went for it and I just moved everything out of the way and just went for it. And, and it took me, um, I think it took me around about six or seven days to get it there. So it was about a week of, of you know, toing and froing and, you know, but, but it just came together. It was like it, there wasn't, you know, for me normally there's things I've got to unpick and redo and put it over here or do that. But it was just a simple three pieces of, of fabric or three three structures, um, you know, the base and these two wings, and and that was it. So it wasn't sort of a whole lot of things at all. And it was um, the 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 wings were the trim almost, and I'd already felted the silk threads onto it. So there was I knew what I was going to do with those. So it wasn't like oh it needs an extra flower or it needs an extra feather. Um, it was yeah this is it. This is this is how plain it is. I knew it had to be plain, nothing extra to, to add to it to not detract from the dress. The dress had to have its own status as well. So, um, yeah, so it, so it took that long, but, um, and, and I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily, I'm a bit of a deadliner anyway, but I wasn't, um, I wasn't worried about it because I just felt that it would come together. And as soon as I touched it, it just, it just happened. It, it was like the first time in my life, really. Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow. And yeah. how did you feel when you saw it? Because the all the pieces were photographed with the dresses that they were made for. How did you feel when you saw the two paired together? Oh, I couldn't believe it. It was like, oh, my gosh, this is so lovely. Um, there, there were some hats that I thought would, you know, do a lot better than mine. Yeah. Um, and particularly in that blue dress section, um, and but I still liked it. It, it had, it had, it, it achieved what I was wanting to achieve with it. You know that sort of swirl of, um, yeah, just that swirl you get when you look at it. Um, but yeah, there were some other hats, and I thought, my gosh, the competition's stiff here. <laughs> so. Um, mm. That's great. And you mentioned in there you'd learnt from Voltrad. Could you tell us a bit, how did you first become involved in millinery? Oh, look, I'd lived a life. I'd lived a whole life and I was getting up to retirement and, um, and I knew that I didn't want to just retire and, you know, that was it. I wanted to do something that was a bit different. So I went through this enormously big, pro, or it was enormously big for me, thinking about, you know, what can I do, what can I do, what can I do? And, I, and, and it was this complicated thing like, oh, maybe I could get into computers. I don't know anything about them. And then it was like, oh, if anyone saw an old woman coming along saying she's good at computers, they'd say, oh, no, 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 never, never. So, so it was this big, long thing. And because I learned to sew when I was young and I am a domestic sewer, um, you know, nothing flash. I can sew a skirt, I can sew a dress, I can sew a shirt. Um, and I've done embroidery and I've done tapestry and those kind of things. 
I thought, well, maybe I can do something with that. And then I just, as I was thinking and looking and all of that kind of thing, I, um, I thought, oh, maybe millinery is what I can be doing. It sounded creative and different. So, um, and, and I didn't have any major plans about, you know, I mean, I, I didn't have a major plan, oh, let me set up a business from this. But there was that little idea that, yeah, maybe if I make some hats, I could sell them and, yeah, that could be good, but no idea of how I was going to do all of that. So when I sort of thought, oh, well, millinery, I'll give that a go. And this was, this was probably about five or six years before I was ready to retire. And um, so I went, I went along to Louise McDonald to do a course. And I looked up and I thought, well, I need to do a course just to know whether I'm going to like it or not. I don't want to go and enrol in a big course if I don't like it. So I looked up the internet and the first site to come up was Louise McDonald. And she's got a lovely site. I thought, oh my, this looks really lovely. You know, this is, you know, she's so well organized, all of that kind of thing. And so I booked in to do a weekend course for beginners. Now, when I now think that when with that beginner thing, maybe you would have needed to have made one hat before you went there. I'd made none. And so I went along absolutely clueless and um, anyway I spent the weekend there and we got a hat out of it um, but I mean things like you know Louise said oh now just go into the into the um, into the room and pick out the block you'd like you know the shape you'd like and I'm like oh my gosh this is all new to me you know what's going on here so um, at the end of the two days Louise was really lovely and she came out and she said to me um, she said, oh, she said, I've got some veiling the same colour as the cinema. She said, hey, if we put a little bit of veiling just here and just there and just there. And I thought, oh, how kind she is. In fact, I think we're just coming over a few of the mistakes that I was making. So I enjoyed it. Um, and I thought, okay, I, I, can, I can give this a go. So from that, I in, in, um, applied for and enrolled in Kangan Institute. And I did um, up to Certificate 4. So, and that took me quite a few years. It took me about four years to do that, you know, going there in the evening. That, But in the first year, um, my, tutor, my teacher was Voltred, um, Voltred Trainer. And, uh, and, and what I did was I took um, some long service leave at two days a week so I could spend the first year of the course doing it more quickly than otherwise. And that was probably the best thing I could have done because it gave me the continuity of what I was learning and things like that. And so Voltred was, um, she, had so, she had so much knowledge. It was wonderful. She just, she just knew absolutely everything. Um, but she would often bring in textiles because she loved the textiles. And yeah, she would find textiles wherever Voltred would find them. I mean, she had, she was um, buying and supplying to, or to the milliners. And, um, and so one day she just brought in these silk threads and, uh, and they interested me. She showed us what to do with them. And, um, and, and so, you know, I have, I've got some silk threads in my room at the moment where, because I haven't used them all and you, you can't, you know, it's like a little fashion thing that comes in. You can use them and then they become, you know, everyone's seen them. So then you've got to use something different. Um, but but Voltred was... She, she had so much knowledge and she was so valuable um, to my learning anyway. Um, you know, I, I, I remember many things from that 
Voltred taught me. Um, like one of the one of the things she did teach me was, I can remember one day there was a one of the other students had a huge mop of hair, gorgeous hair, beautiful, curly, and it was like a crowning glory. It was it was big and it was it was gorgeous. And she'd made a hat and she was putting the hat on and and for some reason she'd asked me to help her or whatever. And and this student and I kept wanting to put the hat towards the front of the head, and this other student wanted to put it on the back of her head. Now you couldn't see it because of all this gorgeous curly hair all around. And I kept moving it forward and she kept moving it back. <laughs> and Voltra was watching us and she stopped us and she said, you've just got so much learning here, you know, in this interaction that you're having. You've got a customer and she's not wearing the hat where you wanted to wear it and she's putting it where she wants it. And so it was like, oh, my gosh, you know, just from that little episode, um, you know, there was so much to, um, for, for me to learn. Um, and, and, I mean, there were just, yeah, there was everything, all kinds of things. I mean, one of the things that Voltred said to it, told us as the class, she said, um, never, watch your, never watch the customer's eyes or face when you're putting the hat on. She said, watch where their hand goes because that's the place that they least like on that hat. She said, and it's like, oh my gosh. And I what and uh, when I was um, doing some experience at the essential hat, not that I ever served any customers, but um, but I would watch from the back from the back room and and I would watch and see if someone put their hand to their hat and where it was. And often, most times that was where they, they didn't the or the little bit that they didn't like and they'd take it off. Oh, I thought it would have more feathers there or something like that. Um, yeah, so it was, it was sort of, it was interesting and, and you know, Voltra was just full of, of so much knowledge and so much experience that she was happy just to give over. So it was, yeah, that was, that was really good. Amazing. And how did you become involved with the Essential Hat? Oh, I went and did a, um, a course with uh, Catherine Allen, but um, Essential Hat had advertised it and it was about uh, how to handle ginseng. Now, I was hopeless at ginseng. It would just all go everywhere. And I have these great big long pieces of material that was just falling apart. I just couldn't get it to stay in one piece. So she advertised a course and um, and I went to it. Um, and from that, and, and because by this stage I had retired, and I didn't have any real contact with people or with other milliners. And I felt that, you know, what I had learned, I was falling behind in because I, I just wasn't, you know, I just wasn't getting the exposure that I thought I needed. Yeah, Catherine had said, you know, that if we wanted to, you know, we could come in and, and sit in the workshop and do things, do our own things and that someone would be available to help out if need be. And so, of course, you didn't have to tell me that twice. <laughs> So so I, was, I was over there got, and got my, my foot firmly planted in the in the in the workroom, and um, and I spent you know before um, before the pandemic I think I spent about three years going over once a week and it was just invaluable you know the things that that you know like I had no idea about the customers you know the customers that would come in and and their requirements and um, and the interactions. Um, um, 
the ability, the knowledge of all the people that were working in that workroom, um, of, the, of, um, of those staff that were on the floor with the, with the customers. It was like, it was a whole new world to me. It really was. And it was, it was just invaluable. It was, it was such a, um, it was such a good experience. You know, it boosted my confidence in an enormous amount. Um, on the other side of it, it took a little bit of my confidence away because it was like, oh my gosh, I could never make these kind of hats. These are so spectacular. Um, you know, when you saw, you know, Laura Dunnington in the workroom, just like she was amazing. And then Brianna, who knows absolutely everything and can, and can manage everything. She's just stunning. And that was like, oh, my gosh, I don't think I can ever be like these women. They're so accomplished at what they do. Um, so I'll always be grateful for that time there. It really has been so important to me. Um, and, and certainly now that we're through the pandemic, it's like, oh, yes, I can, I can, I can keep on with this. So I'm, I know what's happening now. So, yeah. How does the essential hat team how did they work together because it's um both a shop front and a, a work room or studio mm. space as well how did that work when you were in there so, um look they were just terrific they really were they worked they just worked so hard on the hats they were so um keen to make sure that the customer had exactly what the customers was wanting um the ideas that they could, you know, sort of workshop was stunning. Um, and, and the idea, look, you know, oh, yes, we can do this. Oh, yes, we can do that. And I love that, that way of going about things. And, um, and sometimes Catherine would say, oh, we need some dyeing done. And off we go someone to do some dyeing. And I'm like, oh, gosh, yeah, I could never do that. Um, and, and I didn't. Um, you know, like even serving a customer was like, oh my gosh, I don't think I could ever do that. Um, that it, it was, it was just so, it was so valuable. Um, and just to see the ideas that come forward, the way that they go about them, to be able to see the way that they, the um, staff could interpret what someone was wanting, that was really valuable to me to learn that. Um, yeah, so it was yeah, it was just it was just amazing. I mean, just just all of the kinds of things that they that they knew that that I had not that I didn't know or had not been exposed to. It was it was really valuable. Yeah, it's amazing the power in the team that everyone brings their expertise and um, you know captain in the middle, making sure that the you know everyone's got their area covered is is a great skill. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think too it is a great skill, and I think too that the the people that were there were so involved in millinery that they participated. Um, you know, they they could they would have one ear cocked, ready. You know, if there was a customer and they were wanting something, and and you know, someone would just go and and remember there was a particular flower in a box over here or in the storeroom there and they would bring it out and just bring it down and and you know and there was this sort of unwritten or no words were said even it was just like it was just laid nearby so that whoever was serving that person knew that it was there and that they could you know offer it um, as an extra or as, as something else to add to the hat um, yeah it was really 
it was it was it was really really good really lovely to see mm-hmm. all of that do you have a studio space at home that you work in or what's your studio set up like um i i've had what i call a hat room and uh, and that's because um you know children have left home and i now have a spare bedroom so i've commandeered that and that is my hat room um i haven't got yet to the stage of calling it a studio um <laughs> And usually it's pretty messy and I have to um, quite often have a tidy up before I can actually get on with whatever it is that's next. So, yeah, so it's it's just a bedroom. Um, You know, I put some shelving and things like that in it and, um, yeah, stocked up pretty well and nice light that comes in. So important. Um, Yeah, and, and sort of... Yeah, it's just a very, it's just a, a comfortable space as far as I'm concerned. That's great. And at the MEMC 2019, I'm going to go with, convention, um, you taught a, uh, a unique material, a class oh. in a very unique material. Could you share with us about that? Oh, gosh, Lauren, you've got a good memory. Um, <laughs> Well, um, uh, that material was cane and I had been um, via Essential Hat, uh, myself and one other person had gone off uh, to do what what was called wearable art Um, and it was a, I can't remember whether it was a day or half a day and and not knowing even what I was going to, but the wear, wearable art, I think it was actually in Louise McDonald's studio. And um, so the wearable art was about dealing with cane and making cane into whatever structure you wanted it to be. Oh, um, wow. and, and so the wearable art was like, yeah, you might have a big skirt full of, you know, with rows and rows of cane and it just would expand out. And so what the person that was teaching it had done is say, okay, maybe we can apply this to millinery. So we'd all come there with, you know, what would we like to make in millinery from the cane? And we were taught how to um, soften the cane, how to then keep it in the shape that you wanted and then how to put it all back together. So, um, and, and we made some, you know, as you do when you go to your first, you know, workshop, you make things that are like, oh, yes, I'm, I know how I did it, but I don't think I'd ever wear it um, kind of things. And so, but from that, I thought this cane actually has a, a, you could do a lot of things with it. And so I have done a few things with it. Like I did a boater and instead of the brim of the boater being a material, I just used cane. So I had the outer circle was cane and then I put a whole lot of swirls on it to, um, you know, just for the brim. So the brim you could see straight through, but I painted it all and that kind of thing. Um, You can do it with a saucer, a saucer shape, and you can just take the shapes of that and make them bigger or smaller. And um, and, and I just felt, well, normally what what we were taught was to paint the cane, but I felt if you put a braid around it, then that would make it look better, which it does. So, um, so having done all of this, um, Catherine Allen then said, oh, well, yeah, we're having a convention. Why don't you teach this? So, um, so that was how it all came about. 
And it was good because there were, um, there were people in the class who were making things way beyond what I could have even imagined, though some of their things were really good. So they took up that concept easily okay. and, and just did things with it. And, and probably for some of those people, their ideas of space and the way things move is far better than my ideas or my ability to see those things. Um, yeah, so some of the things that were made were, were you know, quite good. That's so, uh, but I was just there, you know, sort of talking about the process that I'd learned about. Yeah. It's amazing to see the the transformation or the evolution of what you'd learnt and how you transformed it to be your own and then to see it even go beyond that in the, the students you had in the class. Well, it is, it is, but it's also just part of, of you know, how, how some people think or how life goes or, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, there's things that I just did not have a clue about. Um, you know, when I came to millinery, like like things like um, like colour. I knew nothing about colour. It was like I'd been living in a cave. I knew nothing about colour. I knew what colour I liked, yeah. but I didn't know how to mix colour or anything like that. And so learning that has been really valuable. Um, shape of the face. I didn't know about the shape of the face. Um, I and, and I had to, to learn that kind of thing, and you know I, I just didn't know. I'd heard about it, but I hadn't. I hadn't ever gone for it. Um, and I, I think you know, like with colour and with with shape of the face, because I'd worked in healthcare beforehand before I retired. Um, it was like, yeah, we didn't. We never used a, a word like crimson or whatever so so if you said um, let's take um, jaundice now jaundice you go yellow so we never said it's yellow or pale yellow or mustard color or anything like that it was just jaundice that's it no other word is used and so if you had a lot of jaundice you might say jaundice plus plus meaning very yellow but you never use the color so the same with um with blood or fresh blood, let's say fresh blood. So fresh blood has a different colour from old blood. But you never said crimson or scarlet. It was just fresh blood, never any other word. So I never knew about colour um, because we had different words to, to describe colour. Um, so that kind of thing. And the same with the shape of the face. Like we never, ever looked at the shape of the face because that might be a judgment call. If you didn't like it or if you didn't think the, the hairstyle matched with the shape of the face, that's a judgment call. So we might be interested in the shape of the head or whether one eye worked and one didn't or whether there was a droop of the mouth or whether there was pain in this face or whether there was distress. Or So you're looking for all those things but never the shape of the face. You'd, keep, you'd steer clear of that because, you know, it wasn't relevant. So... For me, when, when I came into millinery, it was like, oh, my gosh, where have I been all my life? All these things that I just don't know. And, uh, and even now, you know, people will say, oh, it's, that colour's got too much pink in it or too much yellow in it. And I'm like, whoa, I can, all I can see is, you know, the colour. I can't see what made it. So, so there's a whole lot of things like that that, um, that you know, I, I still don't know sufficient about. Um, 
That's so interesting. So your background in sewing and textiles must provide, you know, some influence or some skills for you for millinery. But did you bring any of those other healthcare experiences? Has that oh. played a, a role in your millinery career in some way and the, oh. the skills you had there? Um, I can't think of any because it is entirely different. Um, I think the creativity um, in healthcare, you have to be fairly creative about what what each person can do with the situation that they're in. Um, So that can be a bit creative and um, and, and that that probably is the main thing. But even even with the textiles, as a home sewer, I didn't really know or appreciate the different... Um, fabrics and things like that and I can remember saying to Louise McDonald as I was you know trying to stretch the cinema over the block because I've been taught you know each stitch had to be hidden but each you didn't you know you treated the material gently and carefully and and here I am stretching it over the block and and I said to Louise I said oh my gosh I said this is really brutal And, and that was how I that's how I sort of saw it as a really brutal thing when, in fact, I was trying to make something so light and just, you know, that we just descend onto the head and sit there, you know, miraculously. Um, and it was such a contrast for me that this, this really tough process of dealing with the, the, the fabric or the materials um, was just in contrast to, your, your, um, you know, whatever you want at the end of it. Um, it was so, yeah, it was, for me, that was, that was a really big, um, a really big thing, you know, like, gosh, this is so brutal. So, yeah, so it was, so that, those kind of things were quite different, but I really didn't, I knew, I always knew what I liked, what colour I liked, what fabric I liked, but I, but that was it. I didn't sort of go any further because I was just home sewing for myself or a member of the family or something like that. It wasn't in order to um, inform anyone about anything. Um, you know, I knew the names of materials, you know, you know, like satin and linen and those kind of things, but I didn't know. I didn't even know about warp and weft. Um, so, yeah, they were all absolutely new things that I needed to learn. And uh, so, yeah, so it was a really, it was a really, really big um, learning curve for me, just so much that I didn't know. Amazing. And what's a project you're working on in your millinery space at the moment or that's upcoming for you? Well, at the moment, um, I'm, think- I'm thinking I'd better get some back to some of those cane projects that are half done. Um, but the thing I'm uh, dealing with at the moment is I'm um, fiddling about with some braid. And I just want to, I want to be able to braid a hat. I can't do that. Oh, I don't know wow. how to do it. And so I'm sort of thinking, oh, maybe I need to go and do a workshop to find out about that. Um, but, yeah, I'd like to be able to use a block and use braid to achieve something. You know, like, I, yeah, you see some of those gorgeous little straw berets and think, oh, gosh, how did they do that? Um, so that's that's what I'm uh, looking at at the moment, but um, but also just um, you know wanting to um, yeah, I, and the other thing I've I've got to do is deal with my technology because I'm absolutely useless at that. 
and and I want to you know I want to get my website up. Um, and since I since um, I've been a joint winner in this, there've been people um, that have wanted to follow me, and, and I keep having Google saying to me, "People are following you, but you're not following them." And so I've, I've got to do something about it. Um, so. So for me, it's like, yeah, let's get some braid going. I might do some more with the silk threads. Um, I've got to get in the website and I've got to get Instagram up and going because I do want to be more active in what I'm doing in millinery. And, uh, and I do want to be selling some hats here and there. Um, and, and just being more involved really is, is where I'm at. I think the being a joint winner has just given me a really big surge. Um, yeah, because... because I don't consider myself experienced, um, and, and it's about um, you know, like it, it's about trying to just do better all the time, um, and just getting that kind of experience, and and just being able to connect up with different people, just to talk about or to know or um, you know to, to work out how things are going. Um, yeah, so that, that's sort of where I am at the moment. I'm just sort of on a, after the pandemic, I'm sort of on a renewed surge of, you know, what, what could be happening or what should be happening. Well, thank you so much, Faye, for sharing your journey in millinery and your amazing winning piece with us. We can't wait to see what braid hats you're working on next. It's been yeah. fantastic. Thank you for joining me for this Millinery Info podcast. Thank you, Laura. It's been lovely talking to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Melon Info with Faye. Thank you to our wonderful podcast sponsors for their support of this episode. Judith M. Millinery Supply House, The Essential Hat, Hat Magazine, Best Western Apollo Bay Motel and Apartments, Louise McDonald Milliner, House of Adon, Hatter's Millinery Supplies, Lifted Millinery, Be Unique Millinery, Hats by Lico, Hat Mags, That Millinery and Millinery Australia. You can find a link to each of these businesses in our show notes. That's either in your podcast app or through our website. If you've been enjoying listening to this podcast series, I'd like to invite you to show your support through becoming a Patreon of Millinery Info. We've made some changes recently to our levels. If you head over to www.patreon.com forward slash Millinery Info, you will show each of these tiers in your currency. We have a small thank you to Millinery Info. Millinery Info, you inspire me. All the way up to becoming a Millinery Info podcast sponsor. Thank you to our current supporters for making these episodes possible. We're so grateful for your support. Thank you for joining me for this episode. I'm your host, Lauren Ritchie, and I look forward to talking hats with you again soon.